A rumble who will bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Cries it for holding the ball. The crowd have just gone on. Oh, no, 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 no. I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. Ball, it's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Smythe. It's Smythe. He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And yes, Eastland weekend forecast. The Kings' birthday weekend is here. The halfway mark of the season. We've got four games across the divisions to play on Saturday afternoon. And we'll t- also take uh, a bit of a look at all the divisions at the halfway point mark of the season. I'm Ryan Long, media manager of the Eastern Football Netball League. Joined this afternoon by Jared Veenland, Josh Ward and Matt Spider-Lee. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. You've uh, got Interleague on Monday. You've got the balling game tomorrow, so yeah. another busy weekend for you. Yeah, don't mind it one bit, and it's good to still have plenty of action going across the uh, going across the eastern suburbs this weekend and and looking forward to, to, to being out there at Balling Park and then Walker Park on Monday as well, so yeah. And, it's what, and uh, Jared, you're in the same boat as well. The yep. Interleague Monday with Josh and... Um, out at Baldwin tomorrow as well in Paul Yukoni's uh, chair with the stats. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, it's uh, my first taste of the stat sheet for me on the weekend. Of course, good day to the listeners and good day to all of you. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to jumping into this uh, into this podcast because it's been a really interesting year and uh, every single division has thrown up some curveballs and uh, you know it, it'll be interesting to see and reflect on you know what we were thinking of at the start of the year. Yeah there's some great storylines in, in all divisions and Spider welcome back as well and you've got another busy weekend ahead. Yeah looking forward to a big weekend. G'day Ryan, g'day everyone it's that halfway point of uh, the season already it just goes so quickly. A busy weekend looking forward to sampling lots of footy across this uh, long weekend uh, try and uh, get out to a little bit of footy across the week and particularly uh, at some point we'd like to watch a couple of those uh, junior interleague games which I know are taking place. So good luck to all the juniors that have uh, been selected in the Eastern Football Netball League representative squads. It's a really outstanding achievement and perhaps the first step in the pathway process for a lot of those players and I'm sure we're going to see a lot of them in the long-term future of the the competition across all the divisions uh, for their clubs and there might be some uh, some that uh, head along to other pathways in the future and take the step up to you know the the elite level as well so fingers crossed for that but this is all uh, where it's about and uh, and, you know we acknowledge their efforts but across the senior part of it Ryan look at there's so many really good games to to sample as well and then uh, when you look at it you know we we look back at it and reflect upon what's been happening in the first half of the season so plenty to jump into uh, here today. Yeah, definitely. So let's not waste any time. We'll jump into the games happening tomorrow afternoon. Just the four senior men's. Uh, no juniors on Sunday, no women's. So, and no netball tonight as well. So it's a, a very different sort of weekend um, and a lot of focus on, on these sides that are playing tomorrow afternoon. And the game that we'll be out at, Baldwin versus Noble Park, is the match of the round from 1.15pm at uh, Radio Eastern FM 98.1 and also streaming on YouTube and Facebook. We won't touch on this too much because we'll, we'll obviously be out there tomorrow and we'll talk about the ins and the outs. Pendlebury is a big out, as we mentioned before, Josh. Um, off air, uh, they've made a few changes. Uh, Van Drill, Bottomer, Cronje, uh, Wheaton, Pierce and Tillig uh, come into that side. As for Noble Park, they've made a few changes with both Nelsons back in and then Tor and Nez Godza out at the moment. Um, Spider, you'll be the only one out of the four of us that won't be at Baldwin tomorrow. So just your quick assessment 
on the game ahead and, and a tip from you. Yeah, we're really looking forward to watching this game, uh, you know, on the broadcast uh, and seeing what actually unfolds. Uh, look, I, I really believe Ball and uh, have the the advantage, particularly playing at home. I like that, a couple of those inclusions, particularly Van Drill. Uh, I think he's been really impressive when he has played. I think their depth has certainly improved uh, from the start of the season. The Tigers, I think, uh, under. Brenton Sanderson, who's done a really outstanding job coming in, taking over, you know, Rocket Eid. Uh, I think they've really come in with a different mindset and a different set of beliefs this in this first half of the season. They've really you know, changed things up with their game style. I think they've more, been more prepared to take the game on. They're kicking bigger scores. Uh, I think they're ball use through the midfield's been a lot better. Uh, I think their defensive work has been a lot more creative uh, and they've been a lot more aggressive uh, across the ground in general, uh, you know, and be- been prepared to take the game on, I think, and they've shown that, you know, and the results reflect that the way that they've really outpowered sides and outrun them at the, you know, through our course of games and, you know, they sit on top of the ladder at the halfway mark of the season with an imposing record and have that chance to add to it. So for me, I think that they go in uh, as uh, favourites. I think it'll be a pretty competitive contest. I'm expecting Noble Park to to bring it all to them. They need to do that. Look, their form line has fluctuated. We know that their midfield stacks up against the best in the competition. We know guys like Sketcher and Horton Mill. Uh, you know, we know the, the other quality players around the team ball will, will be there playing, and we know that the defensive part of their game, those elements will certainly stack up. It's whether they can kick goals at the other end of the ground and do it. Yes, they did it against a weaker side in Park Orchards last week. It just... I just am concerned whether they can do it against a strong, uh, you know, ball and defence who have really been, you know, tightly uh, managed uh, in the first, you know, part of the season and particularly in in recent weeks. So for me, I'm going to tip ball and I think Noble Park will run them pretty close for the majority of the day. But I'm expecting about a four or five goal margin for for ball and I think their midfield, you know, guys like Cross and Smith, etc., are playing really good footy at the moment and Alex Urban for me who's probably winning the best and fairest for them at this point in time and probably has to be a, a definite candidate so, you know, for the you know, Gilbert Chandler medal at the uh, end of the year well, you know, you'd suggest he'd be the, one of the front runners at this point in time behind probably Bellow from East Ringwood yep. um, so you'd have to say that for me uh, Bourne uh, have the have the leniency at the moment but I'm going to sit Bourne uh, but really looking forward to seeing what the game has to offer uh, throughout the course of the afternoon and as we said, Josh and Jared, you'll be there tomorrow afternoon. We'll have plenty of discussion on, on the game and the pre-game and, and everything happening out at Baldwin tomorrow. So you can catch that game from 1.15pm. We'll move on because there's three more games happening this weekend. And one of them, uh, quite an interesting one, a couple of really big rivals in Murubak and Montrose go head-to-head here at Heights Reserve at 2.20 tomorrow p.m. Um, obviously, as we, we said, it, there is a great rivalry between the two clubs and they do enjoy this day. And last year was very one-sided uh, in favour of Moorbuck. I think it'll be a little bit different this year. And having a look at the ins and outs, both sides are forced to make a few changes. For Moorbuck, Capuano, George, Bedos, Noonan and Gilby come in. So Noonan and Gilby, that's uh, very, very impressive to have those two in. Um they uh, coming out of the side, Walker, Rogat, O'Neill, Egan, and McDonald. As some Montrose, they've uh, made a few changes as well. Uh, Ryan Garthwaite returns to the side, which is, I don't think it's not, it's not his first game for the D's this year, it's, but he's, he's only played a, 
He's, he's played three games. It's his first since uh, the Montrose's game against Lilydale. So game number four for season 2023 for Garthwaite. Johnson, Gardle, Potter and Mills also come in for Thomas, Dirksen, Wichell, Wichell Chamberlain and Bo Ringer. Um, Josh, I'll start with you. Just your thoughts on, on this contest. It's a much different game to um, this time last year and Montrose will come in as probably his heavy favourites, but... Good to have Noonan and Gilby back there for, for the Mustangs. Might make a, a certainly a difference from um, their last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think, I think you know, obviously no Kane Mackey still really hurts, but bringing back, I think, Kane Noonan, the captain, and, and Gilby as well, they're, they're two really big inclusions. You know, he strengthened that midfield. Well, Noonan strengthens that midfield up a lot more, and Gilby can kick some, some stunning goals as well. And, but for Montrose, some really good ins as well. You know, Brendan Gardol is reliable as ever in defence. Ryan Garth, Ryan Garthwaite down, down forward or, or down back as well. Ben Johnson in ruck. There a couple of big inclusions. But I think no matter what, even though they were, it was lopsided this time last year, it's probably going to be a lot closer this time around. I think both sides will will rock up and and. Be hot, and it'll be a very hotly contested game out there at Heights Reserve, Jared. Yeah, the context of this match is really interesting given uh, how Montrose uh, have gone down to Croydon a couple of weeks ago. They've had some time to stew on that. You know, they had their own bye over the week and uh, I'm sure Gary Ez is going to be uh, you know, readying his troops to make sure that they can attack this one with full force and not come in with any of the complacency that I, I suspect might have been there for the Croydon game. On the other side of things, you know, Moral Park, it was a disappointing loss against Mitchum. Not that necessarily the fact that they'd lost, you'd kind of expect that, but it was just the margin of 50 points just wasn't uh, wasn't becoming of a team that should be pushing for finals, even despite their, you know, depleted list from uh, a grand final appearance last year. Uh, I reckon they'd want to get back to some of that form that they had, you know, before that game against Mitchum. It was a, you know, a decent game that they put up against South Belgrave. Not a, uh, not a team that you can, uh, you know, really take lightly at all. And then they scored big against Lilydale the week before that. Um, so their scoring power, you know, despite losing those uh, those couple of players, uh, you know. Uh, including Mullet, uh, in the off-season. That was, uh, you know, a bit of a hit, but, you know, the 10 single goal kickers against South Belgrave, uh, you know, 20 goals kicked against Lilydale. Uh, it, it's, it, they're still finding those goals, and it's just about working out where they can find them against a, a top, uh, or at least, a, you know, a team that is contending like Montrose, I would it, say. Yeah, it's a good point. And so why did he, I mean, you look at Montrose probably... Uh, coming into this game, there's a lot of expectation behind them and where their season will go in the second half of the year because certainly at their best and full strength, they can win the flag this year. There's no question about it. Um, they've knocked off uh, Mitchum. Um, we're very close against a couple of the other contenders, beat Beaconsfield as well, I think, uh, quite comfortably, actually. That was a 10-goal win. Yeah. Um, so, Spider, there's, there's certainly a lot of expectation behind them and probably coming into a game like this, it's going to be quite close, I think, just because naturally they're, they're pretty great rivals and, and Murabak will certainly um, hype themselves up for this sort of game. But they just need a win. They just need the four points and, and keep in touch with the top two um, and certainly the three because they've dropped to fourth now, I think, on the ladder with one turn of south in third. So um, where they want to be at the end of the year is in that top three. Yeah, absolutely. I think the last few weeks they're... 
The form has certainly fluctuated. They've had some patchy form. They haven't uh, really set the world on fire, and Gary Ayres would be the first to admit that. They, you know, they had a, had that that loss a few weeks ago, which we just didn't see really coming, did we? I mean, at uh, at one point. So I think the one thing with Montrose, uh, you know, they'll be certainly looking to get off to that flying start. If they can get out of the gates nice and early and set the manner in which the game is played and uh, win that contest through the midfield, and then you know, allow that, that that forward line to set up properly, put some real pressure on the you know the Murrubuck defence, and you know add that scoreboard pressure to them. I think that will really you know give them that sense of um, yeah capacity to be able to you know put real pressure on Murrubuck through right from the outset. I think if they you know are not up for the fight early and they let Murrubuck in, then there's certainly going to be an arm wrestle and, uh, you know, the, the gates could, you know, well and truly open. But uh, I think from Montrose's point of view, they'll, they'll certainly want a four-quarter performance. It's just got to be one of those wins that you just got to get the win. Points and margins don't really count. It's just a matter of getting over, making sure that you get over the line and that you get the result and then you, you move on to your to your next challenge. For Whereas for Murrubuck, they just need to win this game, and they need this is season defining. They either hang in with a chance, or they go into the second part of the year having to start on relying on results. But also, you know, they've got a big job, you know, in terms of win and loss. But also, you know, key big thing is going to be percentage, which is going to come into it, you know, in the back end of the year. So they're going to really need to be up for it right from the start. But I think Montrose uh, have the manpower across the all areas of the ground. I think defensively, they're you know. They're they're reasonably solid through the midfield where we know they, you know, that is their strength, the way that they play, and then, you know, they finish and, uh, you know, capitalise so, you know, prevalently with their four line set up. You know, Schwab's been playing some really, really good footy when he gets his hand on the ball, and they, they, they spread the workload, uh, you know, around that four line. So, for me, I think Montrose will get the win, and I think they'll win by about four to five goals, I think. Yeah, I think probably two. I think it'll be two goals, though, this game, Montrose to win. Yeah, I've uh, I've got uh, Montrose in this as well, but I can't, I wouldn't be surprised if Moral Bark actually uh, really take it up to them, especially with those ins. Uh, but you know, Montrose, I've got them around the three to four goal margin. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty much the same around that three to four go- goal margin. I think Moral Bark will be quite competitive, and, and then they've got a, an interesting three weeks. Obviously, next week they'll uh, take on One Turner South, which is a, a tough ask. But then they've got also. Uh, Croydon and then North Ringwood. So a couple of winnable games there and it's a interesting month of footy for them because they can certainly get their season back on track and be in touch with the top five. We'll keep on moving on. Uh, tomorrow there's no footy for Divisions 2 or 3. Um, we'll jump into Division 4 uh, with two games happening there. One of them, Croydon North Emlock take on Churnside Park. We haven't got teams listed uh, yet so not a whole lot to discuss on that point but it's a, probably a, it's an interesting game for the Panthers because it was a tough weekend for them last week. Uh, Josh and um, had the bye and, and ended up having to watch <laughs> Forest Hill uh, thump kill Scythe in the end and make it a three-game gap between that top four and, and Churnside Park in fifth. So suddenly now their, their season's uh, looking at quite bleak. You know they've had a lot of outs, a lot of injuries, but very hard to see them playing finals from here and. <laughs> Um, for Croydon North, it's a, you know just an opportunity to, to get on the board. Um, last week, they were very close, led for um, three quarters and, and just fell short in that last quarter with Nutter Wadding running over the top. So 
back at home, they'll certainly give themselves a chance. But I think Churnside will win this. Um, but it's it's still a long way back from. Yeah, I think it, it's a far. It's very far away, especially with Forrestal getting getting over the top of uh, well a contender in in kill sites. So it, it's hard for me to see them losing this game. I think it could potentially be the momentum starter that that they need for the back half of the year. But I yeah, I think. It's sort of an opportunity for Croydon North Denmark, but I think Churnside, they've yeah, they they should convincingly win. Spider, your tip for this one? Do you give Croydon North Denmark a chance to win their first? I wouldn't have thought so. Look, uh, what's are they going to be competitive? I mean, they showed that last week against Nunna Wadding, but I think coming up against a Churnside Park team that you know has the capabilities, that they should be getting the win. Churnside Park. I think the biggest disappointment for them has just been the lack of consistency across games and in in games and periods. So for them, they just need to work on that. And uh, look, there's that gap staying to widening, but they all they can do is now just keep trying to win. And uh, who knows what might happen uh, at the back end of the year? They only need some results to go their way, and uh, things can tighten up. But at this point in time, it's uh, you know, certainly going to be uh, you know. A, a looks like it's going to be very hard for them, but all they can do is do their part of it, and that's uh, win games. Yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is that the last time these two played against each other, Churnside Park won by 90 points, and uh, it's going to be very difficult to find that 90-plus turnaround for, for Croydon North, even at home, and uh, you know, my understanding is that uh, Croydon North have had more injuries two key players since then, and might not be fielding as strong a team uh, as in that in that round five game, so I, I'd have to go Churnside Park. I don't feel like I can uh, give Croydon North much of a much of a look in this one. Yeah, I'm tipping Churnside Park as well, and we'll talk a, a bit more about these sides when we get to the, the Div 4 uh, section of this podcast at the end, but um, I think it'll be closer than 90 points this time. I think they'll make that gap uh, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. They've brought back some players in, in recent weeks, and Certainly, we're much more competitive last week. Well, but, what's, uh, a, what's a competitive margin, uh, Ron? Are we are we looking at uh, maybe something around the forty to fifty points, even if they were to go down? Or is that something that? Yeah, I, I think if you can get within forty points, it's it's a it's a good result. Yeah. I also think it's sort of like a quarter by quarter thing for yeah. Quota North. Uh, if they can remain close, yeah, if yep. they can remain close throughout the day, or at least you know if they've been you know led by uh, ten goals at three quarter time, if they can peg that back to that, uh, you know six to seven yeah, goal margin. It's, it's, it's you probably know. finding that four-quarter balance where mm. last week they were really good for three quarters and then they let Nutterall and kick seven and only kick one or two themselves. So yeah. that's the sort of thing which is, is a potential of happening. If they can avoid that and be really competitive tomorrow afternoon, then there's a lot to take from it. Uh, we'll move on to Scorsi versus Surrey Park. Probably you know a very interesting meet-up um, <laughs> considering that it's the second week running that they're playing against each other. A little quirk there, the Div 4 fixture. But um, both sides have, have come into this game different to, to what they uh, mm. matched up to last week. And um, looking at Scoresby's changes, they've made five. McBean, Wolnarek, Afrith, Paravinci and Richards come in for De Geest, Delrain, Hastings, Walker and Gunton. As for Surrey Park, um, Lakiana, Tanner, McLaren and Fox come in for Cairn, Woodville, Vidica and Tempany. So there's some big outs, um, especially in the Surrey Park um, point of view. And, and Josh, just on on those outs, you know, Cairn's been... Uh, concussion. He's out with concussion. Yeah, and he's he's obviously a, a very prominent forward. Mm. Um, Tempany's a big one and Woodfield too. And I think Vidica, you said, was I off to, to Europe. I, th- I believe one he's... On the, the yeah, one of, many, uh, one of many going overseas. So... 
they are some big losses, but yeah, and it, I think the ins are handy as well because all of, most of those players oh, they yeah. have seen McLaren's a you know walk up um, player there in the the back line. Um, yeah, was he team of the year last week? Yeah, uh, he was team of the year last year. He was on uh, last year, sorry. Yeah, team he was year. team of the year last year. He showed against Forest Hill he can be swung up forward, despite despite me knowing that he can't that he's that he's never stepped an inch up forward in his entire career. Parker Fox as well. He's um I think he's played the last couple of weeks in reserves and can be an X Factor player. But yeah, the, all four of those players have have senior experience, but they're still pretty big losses, especially Can up forward just because he's. You know, he's had a stellar se- another stellar season. Obviously, had the twenty four goals in two weeks, including fifteen against Crow and North Emlock. But and but for Scoresby as well, I think their inclusions are pretty handy. Paravicini's also a really good inclusion. McBean up forward as well, and I think Riley Frith has come across mid season from from Berwick. I'm not too sure. So um, there's there's some handy ends. It is, but yeah, both sides they're still. Pretty similar to last week, even though they've gone through a lot of changes. And I think this time around, they'll be playing out on a, a bit of a nicer surface in, in Scoresby, so it could be a bit more free-throwing. Yeah, well, the ground at uh, Surrey Park. have uh, been past there a couple of times uh, throughout the course of the week. And, uh, yeah, with the conditions, uh, probably not ideal. But obviously, the, you know, the ground was uh, was very heavy last week. But, whereas this week, they'll be playing on a or dry ground out at, uh, out at Scoresby. And that, and that will suit the way the Scoresby play. Mm-hmm. They like to play that fast brand of football, yeah. that connection where they move the ball and transition the ball it's just the facts of the way whereas last week you know really played the conditions played in the Surrey Park's hands they moved the ball quite slow from my understanding talking to a few people that were at that game and they basically frustrated scores being to the way the conditions and played, played to the conditions and that's not the way that you know scores we play so in those heavier conditions so not having McBean in the side last week certainly you know Expose them a little bit, so him back in the side will be of more benefit to them. Uh, a, a target, um, and just his ability to be able to, you know, have that height factor around it. So I think from Scoresby's point of view, I, I give them a really good chance at home. Um, I'm actually going to tip them. I think that they can uh, mm-hmm. can win this game at home. I mean, both sides, there's not much t- between them. Look, 15 points last week. Scoresby got, you know. Uh, Scoresby were in front for a little bit, got off to a good start, but then sort of you know, dropped away you know, throughout parts of the game. But I, I think at home, they're a di- totally different side, and I think the way that they move the ball, will, I think we'll see a different-looking side uh, going up against the Surrey Park side tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I think, Jared, probably tomorrow, it's all about the Magpies for me because Surrey Park have proven that they can beat everyone, um, except for Kielsa, that was draw, but they yeah. still back themselves the next time playing, but they've beaten Scoresby twice now, so this is all about Scoresby getting something back, because it's the last time they'll meet um, before a final, if they do make it, um, uh, do meet each other come uh, September or yep. August. Well, this uh, is a psychological... Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yes. And two Warfare, weeks, isn't it, in Yeah, a when sense. you play two weeks in a row and you lose the week before, it's hard coming back to play the same side and then try and knock them off, so if they get this one... 
suddenly it, it, the season does open up for them. Yeah, well, it ca- it can be a bit of an advantage, perhaps doing it this way around for Scoresby. You know, they they, uh, they might have seen last week as a bit of a free hit. You know, it's it was at Sorry's home ground. The conditions didn't suit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they can figure out you know where score uh, where Sorry Park's weaknesses are on that day, and then you've got those outs for Sorry Park. A couple of good ins for Scoresby, and uh, you know th- this could be uh, Scoresby's opportunity, and and this is where they can like start to. Develop that psychological edge over them, uh, just in, in the case that they may uh, play against each other at the pointy end of the season. And uh, you know, if they uh, go down here again, I still think they'll be able to take lessons. It's kind of like uh, Surrey Park and Sylvan last year, since they played so many times. Yeah. The only thing is, though, Surrey did beat them twice in yeah. the regular season. If Scoresby lose that one, it's zero and three against Surrey, and I, I just has they've they've got yeah. to win this one. It's, yeah. It is massive for them. Yeah, I, it, it could. This could be setting up. Um, you know, if if they're able to take it all that way, this could be setting up Scoresby's uh, re-promotion into Division Three. If if they're able if to, they're uh, you know, overcome sides <laughs> like Kilsyth. Are you tipping them, or do you you stick with Surrey? I'm going to stick with Surrey Park on this one. It's it's just they've been so uh, they they hold supremacy in Division Four in my eyes. Even with that draw against Kilsyth, I, I just I can't uh, I, I can't look past them at this point. Yeah, sorry for me. <laughs> nice and easy. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, why did you even... Um, I'm actually going to go with Spider. I'm tipping Scoresby here in... I guess you... Could, I don't know if you call an upset as such, but I think they're the... Um, they're still a really strong side. They've got some really important ins. Surrey Park have lost a couple of players that are really key to their lineup. If they don't beat them now, I don't think they ever will. So this, it just has to be the time. So Scoresby for me, and that's our four games all done. When we're back after the break, we'll be touching on Premier Division and going through our mid-season reviews. Got a bit to say to David Lager. He must have just stepped up his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um, a dainty man, just snuck up on him and, <laughs> and took him out. And he's, he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost. And this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep. Very close to the man on the mark, though, here, Brash. The big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but it struck it pretty That's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the double Cobra. That's the first one of 2021. The Tigers. Welcome back to the Eastland Weekend Forecast. We've just gone through the four games happening on the King's Birthday Weekend, all on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we are going to do a bit of a sort of a mid-season review, I, I guess you can call it. We'll jump into each division, and uh, we'll, we'll start at Premier uh, first. And I, I think looking at the ladder, personally, I think this is one of the more even comps um, in the senior men competition. The top nine, I think, are all still a, a chance to play finals. And, and having a look at the moment, there's not much separating um, from Baldwin, who sit with the seven and one. Uh, win record, East Ringwood, Vermont, Blackburn, Doncaster East, Roval, Noble Park there, all with six or five wins, very close in the top seven. And then Norwood sitting eighth with four wins who have been really competitive, knocked off a couple of sides above them. And then South Croydon are the interesting one. They sit ninth, uh, tied with um, Berwick there with two wins. But seeing what they're can, what they capable of, Josh, they're not out of it. It's a, certainly an interesting next few weeks for them. Uh, Doncaster away, Noble Park away, and then East Ringwood at home. At the very least, need very least need to win two of these, but ideally three to probably get them back in the hunt. Yeah, it's it's quite surprising to see them in the position they are. They've 
they've been hurt somewhat by injuries. You know, Max King hasn't. I think he's only played a couple of games this this season. This season. He's only played the three games actually. So they've been hit. His loss in particular is a really big one, and there's been plenty of other absences. Like you know, you know, Tommy Sheridan hasn't played too much of the season. He's missed a couple of games, and but it's. I I think it's um. I think they do have the potential. We saw that last year. Obviously, all their get pretty much all their games on the run home were were at home at, at Cheong Park as well, and they have the potential to do so. But I think it's all about getting those players back and you know getting some getting some consistency in their lineup and not having to go through a heap of changes each and every week. So, yeah. boys, are they the? You know, if we look at one side, it's maybe been a little bit disappointing. And the injuries, as you said, has played a big part. But I think they're the one side that probably almost everyone had in their top five or six. Um, are they probably the, the one side that we're looking at as the... the probably have the, the most chance of improving this second half of the year uh, sitting in the, the bottom half, Spider? I think they're the biggest disappointment by absolute far. I mean, clearly at the start of the year, we had them projected... Probably not in the top two or three, but we definitely had them around that four, five, or six. It's not too dissimilar to where they finished last year. And there was some question marks on whether they could take that next step. And that was going to come down to, you know, whether they could play, you know, on a more consistent basis. But they just haven't been able to do that. They haven't been able to move the ball as well and and score as efficiently as what they would like. They've played a little fits and spurts. They haven't played... You know, solid four-quarter effort, you know, pretty much all year. They rushed home against Blackburn to, to get over the line. It wasn't really, in the end, a, a convincing win. Uh, they fell over the line against uh, East Ringwood in, in Game 1. Uh, so, at that time, we probably, you know, perhaps we got a little bit carried away thinking, oh, well, they're going to be a team that's certainly going to be up there. But then when you lose to, you know, the likes of Noble Park, Vermont... Ball and and then Doncaster East all at your home ground. I think that really illustrates where this playing group is at. And I think at the moment it's just not a list that's uh, really going. You know, at the moment they're just really struggling in a lot of areas of their game. You know, they've watching them live. I, I felt like they turned the ball over just a lot, and they gave away possession of the ball. Uh, they're just not getting the key response from some of their good players. Like they're getting, you know, guys like Wilson are kicking their goals, and you know they're getting those smalls and they're getting the little efforts, but they're just not getting solid contribution from everyone like they have in the past years. We know that you know they're led well by Cox, etc. Kilpatrick's still playing reasonable footy, but he's not playing the footy that he was a couple of years ago that had him in the, the top echelon within the competition. He's just playing you know, okay football at the moment. So Marcus Bazaglo has got a lot of work to do with this list uh, on the run home. For me, I, I don't think they will play finals. I, I think uh, in the second half of the year, I think if they're winning six or seven games for the season, I think that's at best. I, I just can't see them beating enough sides with the current form lines to uh, to really push finals for me. I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to do it.
Yeah, last year they developed a bit of an identity uh, with, uh, as a team that could score really quickly, and they just haven't shown that. Uh, they do have those fits and spurts, but it, it's just not been enough to uh, get them over the line, and especially against your better teams, you really need to put together that four-quarter uh, effort um, and you know be able to make the most of your strengths, uh, which for South Croydon are some of those you know key players that you were talking about, Spider. Uh, looking at their run home, they do have a couple of their tougher matchups at home. Uh, for example, East Ringwood and Norwood, they play them both at home. Same with Roville. So if they can take those sorts of teams to their home deck and uh, you know try and play the way they want to play and beat them, uh, yeah, beat them uh, with their own style of football, then it's uh, that's the one chance that they have. However, it, it's going to be a real struggle because, you know, as you mentioned, Spider, they have been losing games at home, and, and that was but last they, year. That's one yeah. of their biggest strengths. The, the only thing is they've been quite close. Like, mm. ball and loss was six points at home. Doncaster East was only about three goals. So mm. they're not that far off the pace. No, they're it's not that far off, but they're still losing the games that they were, uh, at yeah. home. And the last year they were winning a lot of close games. This year they're on the other side of the equation. And I think just when you look at it, um, you know, 10 games is probably the marker, I think, to finish in sixth spot. Um, I just can't see them winning 10 games. I mean, nine maybe with a big percentage, but I'm just not sure that they're going to be in that frame uh, by come round and then round 18. Yeah. I just think they're, they're going to be about two or three games short. Yeah, Let's have a ten, look at... Sorry, 10 games means eight of the next nine. Yeah. Uh, which oh, is, so that's... <laughs> yeah. You're asking a lot for, for that. And, yep. and when... As, and Brash has said this a couple of times... Very hard to, to string together three or four wins in this competition because it is so even and there are so many challenging sides. Let's look at the flip side and a couple of these sides who probably have um, proven us wrong and been really impressive this year. I think for me, the three the three picks are the most improved, or not most improved, sorry, but the the biggest surprise in Premier Division, East Ringwood, Vermont and Blackburn. Blackburn and Vermont's form have been really, really good after last after the first couple of weeks. Vermont's was patchy, but uh, Blackburn had those couple of losses. Since then, both have been very good. And East Ringwood obviously have come up and won six out of the uh, six out of their eight games. So really impressive for a Div One club to do that, and they've got a lot of talent obviously there. Well, we um, spoke about it before the season that, that with the compromise draw, that played in their favour with the you know, yeah the roll of the dice. So what happens is they've beat the sides that they've had to beat in the early part, and they're going to play sides that they're capable of beating in the second part. So they're looking at a top two finish at this point in time. They are, and they did knock off obviously Doncaster East as well, which was really <laughs> impressive. Knocked off Roval, so they've, they've beaten some really strong sides Correct. as well as the sides they've needed to. Um, Josh, is one of those three probably your big surpriser this season or is there someone else who has really impressed you? I think East Ringwood is definitely probably my biggest surprise, but Blackburn's in a very close second. After seeing them, obviously, on Good Friday and Anzac Day, they... You know, I thought it'd be a similar story, like they can defeat the the sides beneath them or around them, and not be able to defeat the so- top sides. But well, they've de- they've been able to do that this season. You know, they got close to East Ringwood, that but they were able to defeat Doncaster East, uh, and obviously comfortably defeat sides beneath them, like you know your Park Orchards, Doncasters, and defeat uh, a really strong Norwood side. And you know. Their attack has really flourished. I think they're the they're the number one attacking side now in the division after. You know, after we had some concerns that they couldn't find a, a good spread of goal kickers, they've been able to do that really well this season. So I think for me, Blackburn's probably 
the biggest surpri- surprise. But yeah, definitely East England and Vermont are right up there. And the next four games, really big for them, Ryan. I mean, if Blackburn can get on a bit of a winning run, then they still have that hope of you know finishing in the top three, perhaps. But yep. I think they're probably more likely to finish around that four, five, or six. Um, I'm just not sure that they're capable of you know, touching the other one, two or three teams currently. I mean, they've still got to play Baldwin again yep. at some stage. Yeah, uh, in three weeks' time, so that's a, that's a big game. They've got a really interesting next five weeks coming up. They've got Vermont, Roeville, Baldwin, Noble Park, then Norwood. Uh, that's so we'll know exactly where they sit <laughs> yeah. after those. Yeah. So yeah, really, realistically, you know, if they can win three or four of them, mm. that really puts them in a in a big picture to, to have a real good go at it in the back half of the year. So it puts, puts them in a good position, but they really need to you know, consolidate their place uh, yeah. you know, and coming when they on the way home. I'd give them a shot in a, a couple of those games, uh, you know, especially Roeville. They've got them at Morton Park. And then uh, Noble Park haven't been playing particularly well at home, so it might not trouble the Red Jackets to go down to Noble Park and, uh, you know, face the reigning premiers there, which is not something that we would have said no, at the start of the not. season. C- certainly mm. not at the start of the season, but it's a, it's a good point. Um, probably for me, actually, I think Vermont have um, probably been my biggest mm-hmm. surprise a lot of us were talking about them potentially being relegation uh, trouble at the start of the season. Um, did you have them? In, no, in the I, too, I, I, I didn't. Usually the the, uh, the culprit when we come to these. No, <laughs> I definitely. I, I think it might have been Jaden who had. Could them have been Jaden, and hate to throw the man under yeah, the bus. They, they and, had and, he's got a, and hasn't he got a relative that's uh, <laughs> in the inner sanctum there? Oh, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not too sure. I think he does. Um, but looking at their form at the start of the season, Spider very patchy. Had some really good results. Then a, a couple poor performance, lost to Berwick at home, get thumped by East Ringwood um, in front of us on Match of the Round. And then <laughs> since then, they haven't lost a game. They've been really, really uh, consistent after that. Knocked off some strong teams too. Baldwin, uh, Noble Park, South Croydon, Norwood, they beat um, early in the season by, I think, over 10 goals. So it's a, it's a really young side that's really standing up, Spider. It is, and it's, a, it's there's strong form lines, and I think um, Adam Park's got to, and the whole of the coaching panel got to be really commended for the way that they've played. They've reinvented themselves on the run, and it's not too dissimilar when we talk about have the discussions and we hear it at AFL level about what what Geelong have done with with Chris Scott in terms of being able to refresh and introduce young players into the into the team, and, and I think that's what Vermont have been able to do. They've inducted some of these young players from their, whether it be their under-19s or reserves, who have been successful over so many years. They've just put players in there. They've identified the best ones and put them into a position, and then they've gone out and recruited for a needs basis, and they've done that with, obviously, guys like Wilcox coming into the team, you know, Hanlon coming across from, from East Bield, who have made immediate impact into the team. You know, Kalkowski playing a really important role you know, in the forward line. I I think they've really changed the brand and the way that they've they've played. They're they're playing a lot more unpredictable football to what you know traditionally Vermont have played with the, with that predictable game style. They're playing a lot more run and carry and fast, and they change their modes up and they do different things about the way that they play. And I think from that point of view. It feels like it's a new Vermont, the way that they've been able to recreate themselves, in the, in particularly in the last five to six weeks since that humiliating loss against East Ringwood when, you know, the questions were being asked about, you know, Vermont and where they were going to travel, you know, in 2023. So I think for Vermont, 
the second half of the year looks promising for them. A big game against Blackburn coming up, and then you know some really winnable games for them. You know, so I think that they have a real good prospect if they can maintain their form line to potentially finish in the top three, and then have a really good crack at it in the finals. But if the form does waiter a little bit, then they might be a little bit vulnerable, and they might fall into the category of four, five, or six, and just be you know playing for a, you know to hold on for a final. Spot, but I'm anticipating Vermont could finish as high as three. Yeah, I, I think they're uh, I think they're number one three seed for me. Yeah, one of the big things there that you mentioned was the uh, reserves uh, team and the fact that they've been able to draw from that and uh, pick and choose who they bring up. The reserves are doing really well. They're seven and one uh, for Vermont right now with a percentage of over 330. So it, it looks like there's a lot of pressure coming from the bottom uh, for Vermont, and I think that's just a very healthy environment yeah, for them exactly. to and a, and a guy like Paul Breen, who's been a senior coach in his own right and he's the reserves coach there or development coach and he's continuing to bring and bring players through you know, and prepare them for senior football a guy of his caliber and experience like you just you can't get that that anywhere else I mean that is just first class coaching so I think for Vermont they're doing that very smartly the way that they're going about it and they're not afraid to throw the magnets around with the experience but also with their youth so I think it's, you've got to you know, dip your hat to them I think they're doing some really good things in particular in the last five or six weeks can they maintain it that's a big question Ryan yeah certainly right and a very interesting game against Blackburn uh, next week what's Let's their run after that just very briefly before we I don't we know if on. someone's uh, yep. Front. Uh, we've got Berwick next, Roville, uh, Doncaster East, Baldwin, Doncaster, and then the final four games at East Ringwood Park Orchards, Noble Park, and Doncaster East again. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. some interesting games. Yeah. And there's some winnable ones. Uh, some really tough games. Well, they could win. They could win up to twelve games. Eh? Yeah, they're playing off against some uh, some other finals contenders there. That second last game against Noble Park, and then that last game against Doncaster East could be really interesting. Well, one of those right. games could determine whether they finish in that top three or whether they fall into four, five, or six. But at this point in time, you'd have to be have ambitions for them that they could finish as high as three on the current form lines. Okay, let's. A bit of a question with without um, warning. Uh, I want your top five, and I, I want to know who you think is going to go on to win this flag. So, looking at the the top five at the moment, or top six, sorry, it's top <laughs> six in Premier. So, Baldwin, East Ringwood, Vermont, Blackburn, Doncaster East, Roval are currently in the top six right now. Uh, in seventh place on the same amount of wins as Noble Park, and then Norwood's a game behind there with the four wins. I'll, I'll go first if we want. I think. The six will pretty much remain the same, but Noble Park's going to get in there, and you, you've you've got to unfortunately <laughs> you, pull someone out. Who do you eliminate? And I can't. I think Roval are in some good form. Who are sitting six? I don't think they'll miss. Doncaster East are, are good enough. Won't miss. Um, Ballwood and East Ringwood don't think they'll miss. I, I've got either Vermont or Blackburn to have to come out, and I'm going to pull Blackburn out and finish seventh. Oh, Norwood miss out as well, and. Noble Park to make it. I can't see Noble Park not making the top six, um, which is it's just harsh on Blackburn, but I've got to pull someone out of here. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking that too. It, it is going to come down to, to Blackburn and Vermont. I, I wouldn't dare t- take Roval out after last year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think it's tricky, isn't it? It's impossible, but I think I've been more impressed, a little more impressed with Blackburn, just a little bit more impressed. I think, unfortunately, Vermont, but... You can I, leave Noble Park out if you want. I'm yeah. very tempted to, but you can't leave the reigning premiers out. It's They're too good of a side not to be playing finals. I, I think you got to... I think 
unfortunately for Vermont fans, I, I won't be surprised if they do stay in after listening to this, but I'm going to say... Maybe you were the one who had him relegation. Spider, I had them in ninth, actually. Spider, your pick for the top six, does it change? Does Noble Park get in? Does someone come out? I've really got to... F- I really think the Roval are vulnerable uh, going into the back half of the year. I'm just not sure they're... I think there's a little bit of inconsistency with their selection. If if Lockie Wine's not playing regular footy with them, he's been in and out. Obviously, he's kicked 30 goals. If he plays a lot at VFL level, uh, there's a lot more reliance on him. I'm actually going to say that Roval are going to come out. Do you give Norwood a chance? I give Norwood a chance, but they're not going to play finals. So I think Noble Park will come. I think Noble Park will come in. Um, I'm expecting Bourne, East Ringwood. I still think Doncaster East can finish near third, but I'm going to actually tip Vermont to finish third and Doncaster East to finish in fourth. I think fifth. We said Blackburn, and then sixth. I think actually, I think Noble Park fifth, and I think Blackburn will finish in yep. sixth. Yeah. And, and Jared, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to I'm going to take two out. Two out. Yeah. Noble Park and Norwood come in. Yeah, Noble Park and Nor- Norwood by far have the easiest run. Uh, just looking at the fixtures, uh, they they still play Park Orchards, Berwick, Doncaster, and South Croydon again, and that's a lot yeah, easier. He's done than his what homework. He's looked at it. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I've done my homework on the yep. fly. I didn't know that until <laughs> I just looked now. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I've got Doncaster East coming out. Uh, yeah, uh, yep. they, they've got a really, really tough run. Out of those sort of like bottom four teams, they only play two of them again this season. And uh, I've I, they've been shaky. They've been very shaky. That yep. game against Roval has made me really question sort of their their credentials uh, going into the season. I think uh, I can't leave Noble Park out. And uh, just for those who don't have the ladders in front of them, Noble Park are only out of the six on percentage. They're, right. you <laughs> know, from, from fourth down to Noble Park in eighth, uh, sorry, seventh. Um, they're all on five wins, yep. so it, it really is a question of percentage at that ca- uh, in that point. Uh, so I'm going to pull. Uh, I, I think Blackburn's done well enough. I'm going to pull Roville out as well. I agree with you, Spider. They're vulnerable. So I've got Noble Park and Norwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be boring if uh, if <laughs> we all yeah. had uh, binary choices in yeah. this one. Um, please, uh, at different clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Piss <laughs> exactly. off other ones. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, very. It's, it is really, really interesting. Oh. That top eight is, um, oh. and, and and I still have that glimmer of hope for South Korean. But yeah. mm. top eight is very close, and all could play finals. All could play a role uh, come September. Just quickly, very quickly, don't have no reasoning, but just for who wins the flag from here. I'm switching to Baldwin. I'm I'm on the Tiger bandwagon after their start to the season. I think full strength they're the best team in this competition. Tiger train for me as well, Baldwin. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually think this is more wide open than people think. I, th- I think it is too. Yeah, I actually think. And this is a massive call. I think East Ringwood can win the Premiership. Yeah, back to back. Well, I think that, that they're playing. Real, I think they're playing really good, and and no one's ever done this before mm. in the Eastern Football Netball League, where they've come up from another division. Yeah, you know, particularly from the you know, they haven't come up from Division One to Premier and won it. We've had it from Division Four, Three, Three to Two, mm. Two to One, but no one's done it from One to Premier yet. So they, they're the, going to uh, be the first they club. Could, they'll be the first club to do it. I like it. We'll come back to this at the end of the season. <laughs> Matt, Matt Swider Lee has called that. Uh, Jared? I'm going to I'm gonna jump on that as well. I think East Ringwood oh, can, you go, can do it. Yeah. Uh, 
It's Very nice to have split opinions. Well, yeah, it? absolutely. Let's jump into Division 1 now. They've got uh, a pretty interesting ladder at the moment. Um, looking at the moment, South Belgrave undefeated with the nine wins. Mitchum in second with seven. Obviously, there's a couple sides <laughs> to play this weekend. Um, so, one turn south and Montrose. Assuming the Demons win that one, they'll be both sitting on six wins. Beacon sealed in fifth. And then North Ringwood, Mulebach, Bayswater... Croydon with two wins in ninth and Lillardale yet to win a game there. Let's start with probably the bottom end of the table, Josh. Uh, I think Croydon's been the one that we were a bit surprised about. We probably all had them either playing finals or just missing out. Um, and they've had a lot of outs, a lot of people going away. So a 2-7 and seven record um, coming into the mid-season uh, bye for them is, is probably a little disappointing. But um, you can... If, if you're... If you're a Blues fan, you'd focus on these last couple of weeks because they're competitive mm. against a full-strength South Belgrave side and knocked off Montrose. So, starting to come into the season, and, and there's certainly a lot of um, a lot of room to grow. Yeah, there is, and you know they they've been close in yeah, particularly in recent weeks. But like, I think against one turn yeah, one South, they got really close as you mentioned, and then Mitchum, I think it was just a, it's just one quarter fadeaway for Croydon, and they can't rely on their defense. Defense as such now it used to be impossible to to stop that defense. Defense, you know, it, it, especially last year, it's what got them so close to to finals. But through yeah, through finals. But I just think yeah, they've they've definitely been very disapp- very disappointing. And I don't think at the start of the season I had them playing finals, and I don't think anyone would have put them in the relegation zone with the amount of depth that they added, the amount of talent that came into the lineup, And some of those names, like Bailey DeMonte's had a good, st- had a good start. Uh, but, you know, you look at some of these other players, Billy Batten, uh, I mean, uh, Emiliano Alex- Alexio hasn't played too much senior footy. They, they all really haven't had an impact, which it, it's a bit concerning, really, for Croy and Jarrett. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, Croydon would be the, the one on my list that has been the most disappointing. Uh, it, it, yeah, you wouldn't have thought it at the start of the year that this uh, this would be the situation that they would be in. As you said, Ryan, they'd be focusing on uh, on those last two uh, on those last two games. But, you know, losses to teams like uh, North Ringwood and Bayswater, that, you know, the way they went down in uh, a couple of their games, like to Moral Bark, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's just been a bit of a dirty year for them. And, you know, hopefully, they can put some uh, more of those recruits on the park that uh, we just spoke about, the Alexio brothers and uh, Billy Batten, and you know just turn yeah. things around in the in the later season. Probably avoid uh, was it double relegation? In it is. So yeah. Okay. I, I haven't uh, I haven't actually getting out of double relegation. I think Bayswater might drop. Don't have off, the faith um, in Bayswater. Yeah. Yeah. Just with their last few weeks, um, and then Spider up at the other end of the table. I don't think there's too many surprises. I think we all thought that would be... Um, I think well, Beacon Sealed probably... We all, most of us actually had him outside the five. I think we knew they were capable of making finals. Their best form has certainly been um, a talking point this year. And then probably... We, we knew South Belgrave would do well in this division, but not to the extent of being undefeated coming into the, the mid-season bye. Yeah, correct. I, I think when we first looked at South Belgrave coming up, we knew that they had the competitive edge about them. It was just how how competitive could they be? Uh, were they going to be a side that were just going to fall into finals or were they going to be a side that could 
elevate themselves in the division really quickly and become a benchmark team. Um, and they've really gone from straight to a benchmark team, you know, carrying on from the success they've had in previous years, particularly, you know, last season, the way that they won that grand final, you know, and they, in the, you know, the way they just dismantled, uh, you know, Ringwood at, at Walker Park in, at Mitcham. So I think uh, from that point of view, you, you'd have to say that They've done, done everything right. Luke Galliott's continued his uh, really good you know, coaching uh, performance, uh, particularly in the first half of the year. It's been well supported by his players. Uh, they've really stepped it up. You can tell that they're, they've spread the load, though. I mean, there's been times where they've had some of the... In the garden, the boys have been out of the side. Tim Smith's been missing through injury. So other players have stepped up throughout the, the early part of the season. Now the big challenge for them is to consolidate in the second half of the season and position themselves. Well, they're going to finish in the top two, so they're going to have a, a double chance, and whether they're good enough and capable enough to uh, to potentially win a, you know, a back-to-back premiership. So, for them, it's uh, I think that they're clearly the best side in it at the moment, and I think it's just whether there's anyone good enough to chase them down. And probably for me at the moment, there's only really... look. Montrose have that capability. Uh, Mitchum have shown it. It's just uh, one turn to South show glimpses of it, but lack a little bit of consistency for me. And that was my initial thought for Premier's uh, pre-season, one turn to South with some of their recruits and additions uh, and with Brett Moyle coming in. But there's still a little bit of work to be done, I think, for, for the Devils. But at this point in time, I'd have to say that South Belgrave are, uh, are the side to beat going uh, into the second part of the season. I just think that they're a little bit ahead of uh, the rest of the pack at the moment. And again, we, we keep harping on this fact, but they're still yet to field their, their strongest lineup. Like in recent weeks, they've been able to bring back Smith and Garner, or Taylor Garner, that is. There's too many Garners in the... They're pretty the close set. at the moment, aren't they, with, with three yeah. Garners out in the field. I think Caden Black's out of the side... Uh, Liam um, Kidd's back in the Liam side Kidd's as well. Back in, so, so that they're certainly getting there. They're really getting there, and I, I think there was others that are missing as well. But it's 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 really scary to think that they're not at full strength again. That's that's just how strong they've been, and how strong that depth has been as well. And Spiders, right? They're they're the benchmark of the division, and I'm going to go early here. I think they're the Premiership favourites. Yeah, I, that, I completely agree with that. It's uh, it's fascinating to see sort of like this juggernaut just sort of like roll on, uh, not break stride from their form in uh, in Division Two. They've n- not lost a game, which is like different from this point last year, I believe, where they yeah they lost the to Mulgrave one, one to Mulgrave, yeah, and then would end up losing to them again. Still makes me scratch my head that one. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we never never understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, an interesting sort of. Uh, contrast here to me uh, in this division is uh, between Montana South and Montrose. Uh, We've not been able to trust either team uh, particularly much in the past couple of years. I just feel like Montana South's consistency is starting to come to the fore, whereas Montrose, uh, they're still lacking a little bit of that killer edge against uh, well, a team like Croydon. That's the, that's the um, you know perhaps the main game that I'm basing this on. But also the fact that Wontonia South did end up beating Montrose in a game where you know you would expect Montrose to be a little bit more competitive, I, I suppose. Uh, but Wontonia South just haven't had those fade outs uh, as much. They, they they've spoken a lot about. Uh, their fourth quarter is not being as strong as they would have liked, and I think they're starting to uh, settle into the season and uh, play those four-quarter efforts a little bit more. You know, in this back end of the half season. Yeah, the faith, is, the faith is a little bit more for one turn to South mm-hmm. than what it is with yeah. Montrose for yep. a lot of us. I think. Yeah. Uh, before we move on from Division One, that top five 
Personally, I don't think that will change. Anyone see that changing? South Belgrave, Mitch and Wontana South, Montrose, Beaconsfield. You've got North Ringwood knocking mm. on the door. They've had a good last month of footy. Murubak, if they win on the weekend, I'll start to consider them a bit more. But for me, I can't pull anyone from that top five out. I don't no. see it happening. Quite. I think Beaconsfield will, will stay in. And as you alluded to just before, Ryan, I think it would be a really great story if uh, yeah. Yeah, Mick Fogarty could uh, yeah, get them into the finals. You know, I think it would be wonderful for their morale around their club. You know, only been in the competition a couple of seasons. Uh, they're really showing some really good signs of becoming a strong club. And they have ambition to, to get to Premier. They, they really want to be a club that's... Uh, Known for success, and they want it. They want to try and work their way up in the years to come. So, uh, for them, it'll be a good step in the right direction. It's not too dissimilar uh, for me for when Noble Park came into the competition back in the uh, early two thousand. When Noble Park first came in, they had a year or two out of uh, the finals. They had a bit of a look, saw what was required. Then they got into the finals. Then they took the next step, started to win premierships. This is what I see. Uh, them doing with Beaconsfield and, and Mick Fogarty he's building that platform for that club let's jump into Division 2 now uh, looking at the ladder now a little bit interesting because Waverley Blues and Mulgrave played that extra game on Good Friday but the ladder from 1st to 10th Baronia Waverley Blues Templestowe Heathmont East Burwood in the top 5 then you got Ringwood and Mulgrave on the same amount of wins as East Burwood and then the Basin Upper Fentry Gully and Knox I think everyone's sort of seen this division uh, the Probably split up into three. Um, you've got your top four sides who I think uh, are pretty much all can win the flag. Then you've got East Burwood, Ringwood, Mulgrove playing for that fifth spot, have the capabilities of betting those top four sides. And then you've got the Basin Upper Fentry Gully Knox probably in the, the third half or the third, uh, third third of this uh, division that um, uh, I think the Basin have probably done enough to, to, um, to, to not be worried about relegation. But uh, I still think they're... they're a little bit off the pace of the size above them. Um, let's talk about some of these sides. I think the biggest improver, biggest surprise packet for me has been Heathmont, definitely. Um, and, and we sort of spoke about at the start of the season that we knew they were just plagued with injuries last year and we didn't see enough of them. Um, and their full-strength side is yet to really get out in the park at the moment. You know, you've got Colombo and, and Finn Brown. I don't think Finn Brown, I don't think, has played a game. I don't this know. Season. He not, has not a single uh, game. Van Lu. Van uh, Van Leeuwen just came back inside last week. Uh, Really key player. He had a really good uh, season last year. Pearson would be massive if they get him back before the finals. Um, Jed Hansen's been out. Jed Hansen's missed some games. So there's a lot of players to come into this side and and they're sitting with seven and two at the break. And Mm. I think Mullinger McHugh has every right to be considered as one of the best players in this division. Um, We didn't see the best of him on on Saturday. Um, But other than that, he's had a a really strong season. Stevens has been fantastic up forward. Jared, for me, um, Heathmont have been the biggest surprise and, and... to the extent that I think they can certainly win the flag if they can get everyone back on the park at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, one of the big points that uh, Scott Hamill made to me um, when I spoke to him at the start of the season was that fitness and that health of uh, each and every one of their players uh, and, and the belief there as well. Like uh, That's something that he definitely spoke to. And I think we, we spoke about uh, 
we spoke to him before the game against Temple Stowe and uh, you know he, he hasn't really changed his tune which I think is a good sign uh, it, and it shows that you know he's come in and has done what he has expected to do and uh, has gotten the results that he would have expected from a, a list that he knew coming in uh, was really strong especially you know since he was an assistant coach at Knox uh, for the past couple of years so he, he'd been able to see uh, Heathmont uh, throughout the years so I think uh, yeah I think Heathmont are really poised uh, to go into the second half of the season and uh, really take some scalps. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they were able to beat, you know, a couple of those teams that are ahead of them currently. If they were able to get over the Waverley Blues again, take that game back against uh, Templestowe or you know, uh, challenge Baronia even. And that loss against Templestowe, while it wasn't Heathmont's best performance, uh, you know, they're going to learn a lot from that. And, yeah. uh, you know, they'll probably be able to take a lot uh, from just knowing what their team looks like uh, when they're still, you know, recovering, just in case they do they do have those injuries again later down the year. Yeah, I think it would have made... The loss would have made them a lot better. And, again, it's it's still a bit scary that they're you know, missing Chris Colombo, who's, who's a little pocket pocket rocket and can kick goals up forward. You know, Finn Brown's a proven goal kicker. I think... Mm-hmm. One, he's been Heathmont's two, one Heathmont's goal kicking two times in his senior career as well, and he had that to to Bailey Stevens up there, who's just been simply phenomenal, the the leading goal kicker in the division. And if we're talking about goals, then Ion Bajramov uh, can't yeah. be ignored, and he's barely hit a stride this yeah. year, so there's a lot of room yeah, for him. He's coming off a, a lot of um, missed footy over mm-hmm. the last two years, and and looking at the three sides that uh, are also sitting in that top four. Baronia's off-season was, was really talked about well by us. Um, the guys that they've been able to bring in, Brasher and Begley and, and Stanley, and there's, there's a few others Edwards. as well. Edwards. So um, it, it's, a really, it's a really strong lineup. They're sitting 8-1. and one. The Waverly Blues have come up a division, been fantastic. They've only lost to two games, and that's three games they've lost over the space of two years. And not too is, dissimilar to what South Belgrave yeah, have done. I mean, yeah, pretty, ter- much, pretty much. In terms of being able to have that immediate impact, you, you win a premiership and you come up and you're competitive right from the outset. And I think that's been the way that they've played. They've been the giant killers this year in that in, in that division. I think they've played really some really good football and consistent football throughout. We know they've had that strong forward line. It's built from the defence, They the way they play through the midfield. And, and they've been really consistent side. I mean, they have played some really good yeah. footy in the first half of the season and if they're a side that they can continue that on in the second half of the season, in, in a finals you know, series, they could take it on against you know a side like a Baronia uh, and we talk about it to a side like Templestowe who I think have you know, who have really improved over the last few weeks. Yep. I think they've really started to get their game going. Wimback comes into the team he's uh, giving them goals already uh, their midfield you know, Carl Carl Giovini doing some great things since coming across from Blackburn. We know Fogarty's been playing some really good footy consistently. Uh, Alex Brown playing some good footy. So Nagel's I, been good. Nagel's been good, terrific. Mitchin yeah. has been you know brilliant uh, in the, in the ruck form since coming from from Lillydale. So they're doing some a lot of good things right after the disappointment of last year and the inconsistencies. So they've certainly addressed that. It's whether they can maintain that level of performance going into the second half of the season and, and set themselves up for a for a top three finish and and potentially a double chance. And Spider, then the next three spots, uh, all three of East Burwood, Ringwood and Mulgrave are sitting on those four wins. Uh, there's too much of a gap between them and fourth to, to finish in, in the top four and, and have a chance or a double chance. But 
out of those three teams, now East Bellwood have started to hit a bit of form. They, they've got that spot in the five at the moment on percentage. Do you think they hold on, or do you still think this could come down to probably the, the last one or two rounds of the season on who finishes in that fifth spot in finals? They're probably slight favourites. Uh, their run home would uh, would be interesting. Um, I think that game against Ringwood in the second last game, that home game, yep. I think that one will be the deciding factor of who plays finals, whether it will be Eastfield or Ringwood, if it all goes to script. We know it doesn't always play out like that, but if Eastfield can get a couple of wins on the board, the reality is for the Rams, they're going to have to win... They'll have to beat Mulgrave to get it back to 5-5. Five and five. Then they have to beat either Waverley or Baronia away from home. One of those ones which... So they lost both of them at home in the first part of the year. Now they've got to win one of them away to get one of those results back on the run home. And then you've got to still beat a team like Heathmont or the Basin, who they also lost to away from home in the first part of the year. You've probably got to beat both of those, you know, just to shore up a spot. Because nine wins will probably get you in with a really good percentage, percentage-wise at the moment, Eastfield, in a good position. So that's probably, the ten wins would guarantee it, but nine wins with a, a comfortable percentage uh, would probably get them there. But a, a side like Ringwood, if they keep winning, will certainly be breathing down their neck, um, and it could set up a, a grandstand finish, particularly on that second-last round, and that could be the deciding factor. And we, we know what sort of a game it was just a couple of weeks ago with our broadcast game. I mean, Ringwood have been in a lot of games this year and just fallen short, and, mm. they're, and they're not too, they haven't been too far off, but it's just been that little bit of lack of polish, as Brett Rowe talked about, and the inclusion of some younger players who had a little bit of depth has uh, has you know been a bit of an issue for them, whereas East Bird has been a combination of a little bit of uh, there's been some injury, there's been some players unavailable, but there's also just been a, that transition of just a little bit of polish to at times where they haven't been able to put that four quarter performance together. So a little bit of difference for and a different blend for both those sides who were very good in 2022. So East Bird probably a fraction ahead of Ringwood at the moment, but I think it's going to come down right to the wire in that uh, back end of the season. I think those two. Mulgrove for me just feel like they're a little bit off the pace. And they've played the extra game as and well. And they've yeah, played the extra game as well, but they would need to put a, a, a big patch of form together, a big block of form together and get, you know, potentially three or four wins in a row and take down a couple of those uh, top sides to have any chance of, uh, of playing finals, but I think they might just fall a, fall a game or two short. I think I have Ringwood just ahead of East Bowood in this race, just purely based on the fact that I, I can see Ringwood taking a couple of those scalps uh, that they're not expected to. They've already beaten uh, Baronia. They came up against the Waverley Blues and inaccurate kicking. Uh, you know, if it was a little bit more accurate, that would have been a much closer game and potentially a win there for Ringwood. Uh, a loss to Mulgrave is a bit of a, a blemish on their uh, on their record, but I don't think they're going to slip up like that again throughout the season. I think they're settling into some really good form, and uh, they they have the potential, more of a potential, to take one of those freak wins uh, that East would just I don't feel quite do. There's not, not not enough history there for East Burwood, at least this, well, depends in, during if, this season. Well, it depends if players are coming back for both yeah. sides. I think Ringwood seem to have lost a few. East Burwood 
my understanding is they may have a few coming back from injury in the next couple of weeks, so that'll strengthen them up a little bit. So it's going to come down to combinations of sides and yep. where the coaches can get their sides up and running. Yeah, I think East Melbourne probably keeps that fifth position because players are finding form like Mark- Marcus Young the last couple of weeks has been in absolutely remarkable form. You know, Braden Barlow's still reliable as ever and players are, are being consistent performers on the park are... I, I still trust East Burwood. I think Ringwood, they're losing players. And, yeah, I think it's probably going to be East Burwood. They're finishing fifth. Yeah, certainly going to be interesting. That win against Baronia for, for Ring, uh, Ringwood will certainly be... May, may play a factor. That they'll look <coughs> at that as maybe their extra four points that other sides won't get around them. Um, premiership picks for the um, Division uh, 2 here. I, I, th- I feel like you could... I feel like you can make a case for all, all four of the, the top four sides. I think all four have a a, um, a, a genuine case of, of why they can win it. I think Baronia, they've defeated, they've gone over the top of all the sides around them. It, even though it's been in tight games, they've, they've still found ways to win. I, I think I had them in pre-season as, the premiers, as my premiership favourites, despite putting them in second. But I think, yeah, they'll, they'll win. I'm going to put Templestowe in the grand final, though. Just oh, that's a good one. Okay, let's do our grand final pick. Yeah, <laughs> Baronia, Baronia Templestowe. Yeah. I think Templestowe are the second favourites, though, second favourites though, now. just I was really impressed from what I saw last week. Spider, your, I'll your, stick pre- with your Bar- grand final pick? I'll stick with Baronia. I think they're the best team in it, and I think it's going to take a very good side to displace them in the second half of the year. Um leaning towards Templestowe to be the second team that can probably trouble them the most, but I, I think Waverley Blues are not far behind. Mm, mm. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to agree. Uh, Baronia, uh, still my uh, premiership favourites right now. I think Heathmont can build into the season pretty well. Maybe not too much of a surprise that I'm picking them, but uh, I, I really do think that they've got an exciting brand of footy. Uh, you know, we saw that in patches against Templestowe and uh, it was quite clearly an off day there against Templestowe, and when they're on form, then they're going to perform better than that. And uh, you know, into the into the finals, uh, I think they'll be able to build that, bring some players back, and uh, and really challenge from there. I'm going to go. I'm still tipping Baronia to win the flag. I had him in the preseason. I'm going to tip Waverley Blues to make the grand final from here. I've been pretty positive about them in the preseason and the way they've gone about their footy, and the, they certainly didn't play their best against the Hawks earlier this season. They only lost by. 10 points I think mm. and you throw in the two Perrys makes a big difference I think at full strength um, they'll, they'll give the Hawks a run for their money let's jump into Division 3 and it's certainly been an interesting um, division in, in the way the how even the competition is probably from that you know third to eighth really um, there's clear front runners in Furniture Gully and Donvale sitting with eight wins and one loss on top Sylvan in third with five wins then Oakley in four Fourth with four wins. Whitehorse, Fair Park, Warrandale all have three wins. Coldstream have two wins. Where do we want to start with this? We can start at the top. I, th- I think Ferntree Gully and Donvale are just streets ahead of everyone at the moment. Sylvan were pretty competitive against um, the Gully last week at home, but still think the I, I still think they've got to do a lot to um to to beat one of those two in a final, and that's it, that looks to be I think the grand final this year. Um, I don't know if anyone disagrees. If, if anyone no. has um, an alternate opinion, no, you I certainly you have to play your best footy at the right time. So whoever makes that third and fourth spot will will have a big chance. But I think just on form, it's those two. Yeah, it's it's hard to go past Donvale and Ferntree Gully. They've just well, obvi- uh, other well, they've 
gone past every every other side with ease. You know, Don Val, their only losses come to the Gully and, and Furniture Gully. They're yet to beat, what, obviously, Whitehorse, but that was out at Springfield Park, and I think they were missing players that day. So, yeah, they're 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 a fair margin ahead of uh, Furniture Gully and Don Val. It's hard to see anyone else really stepping up. Maybe Sylvan, but I, I think, yeah, you, you can't go past the Gully and the Magpies. What about the the last two spots in the four? I think Sylvan will get there. Yeah. They've got that extra win. And, and when we've watched them um, live, they were really impressive. And that was away from home. They win most of their games at Sylvan. So I think they're a really strong side. Um, it gets interesting when you get to fourth. Oakley have a game uh, ahead of Whitehorse, Fair Park, Warrandyte. But you could certainly see any of those sides jumping into the four, Jared. I don't know if you have a, a pick here. Warrandyte... Obviously, with the side at the start of the season that we all thought we were going to be a contender for the flag, just hasn't been their year so far. No. They've had a lot of injuries, um, a, a lot of you know young players having to come into the side, and it's been tough. And they've gone through a lot of players similar to Fair Park, um, Coldstream are the same. But I, I think if I'm looking at that bottom half, they're the side we we if they get everyone back and it, play the footy that they did last year, I think they're the side to to um, sneak into that fourth spot. I mean, they're only one game out of that fourth spot. So, it, you know, and Oakley District, you know, they're, they're a young team. They only have generally just been put together, essentially, uh, you know, as, a, as a playing list, uh, a new coach, and, you know, all that that comes with it. Uh, Whitehorse are flattered to, to deceive a little bit. Their form's been very fickle. Uh, and under Andrew Haining, I, I think that it's taking a little bit more time to gel with a new game style than expected. However, I, I yeah, it's... It's interesting. I think I have Whitehorse just as, like, they have a little bit more of that edge, especially since, you know, Warrandyte, they're not out of the woods yet when it comes to uh, their injury cloud. Uh, they have had some players coming back, but, uh, you know... I think Ryan Phillips is still out at the moment. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Which is, which is going to be key to get him back. And I think I think uh, you know, only beating Coldstream by, what was it, two points? I think that's still telling of the fact that they are, you know, not quite uh, up to up to the level that they would need to be to challenge for that fourth spot. I think Oakley District's going to fade out uh, th- towards the end of the season. I'm not sure where Fair Park's going to land, so I, I've got... White horse as, White horse uh, as my fourth pick. I also want to point out, just quickly looking at the ladder, it's kind of remarkable how you've got Fentry Gully and Donvale with a percentage of over 160 and then everyone else below 100. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> mean it's, it's that one of those... I mean, Fentry Gully and Donvale have um, most weeks belted those sides below them, and yeah. that's probably why you, know, you can see that massive percentage gap at the moment. Spider, who, who finishes in the top four, do you... Do you see Oakley holding on and playing their first final series in the uh, EFNL? I think, uh, yeah, I think they could could hold on. It's just going to be whether Whitehorse can get their performances together and get some wins on the board. Big challenge for them. They're three and six currently. It's going to take a big effort in the second half of the year to put themselves in a you know winning combat you know winning combination to get enough wins to do it, but. I'm probably leaning more towards Oakley Districts hanging on, I think. I think they've got that, those wins on the board, or that win. They've got a little bit of a, a gap at the moment. So I will say that Oakley Districts will play finals, yeah. I think they might just get in just a fraction ahead. I think they might, they might take it to the last game, but I think they'll just sneak in there. Now, as most listeners know, I've been on the Warrandyte train all year. And 
I'm starting to somewhat fall off it just because even starting after a to. win, even up, well, it was against Coldstream and they're both in similar positions. I think they are capable of doing it. They can do what Ferntree Gully did in that second half of, of 2022 if they if they get players back that's and the not thing. make finals. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they're in a different position though. They're still a game behind, and I think it's one or two. They've gone one more win than the Gully did last year. I th- I think they can, but. I, I still think Oakley District, I, I, I think they can hang on. I won't be surprised if they don't. And, you know, either Warren or Whitehorse leapfrog them. I, I just can't see Fair Park or Coldstream doing, doing it. But I think I, I think Oakley District hang on from here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say they hold on. I think Warrandot, if, if if at full strength, I, I just don't know if they're going to get everyone back and be able to keep them out there. So I... I probably will lean towards Oakley District at, at full strength um, to, to be able to, to make the uh, finals. Bosnich is, is so important to their lineup yeah. up mm. forward. Um, didn't I don't think he kicked the goal last week, but usually he kicks didn't, no. uh, four or five each week. Um, obviously, the, the, the two Pearsons are, are very, very strong footballers. Um, we don't need to go into Blake's history. We, <laughs> we know how good he is. Um, if, if, if there's someone who's going to lead him there, Tim... Um, I think they'll sneak into that fourth spot. I, I won't be surprised if it goes down to the last game when Oakley District and Morandai meet each other at Princess Highway Reserve. I well, that's a that's a big one. And uh, what was the last? Uh, the last result was Oakley District points or something uh, that Oakley yeah, got up. Yeah, seventy two. Yeah, I think it was seventy two or something. So I like think that. I think off the back of that, you you just got to stick with, with yeah. what Oakley's. Uh, been able to achieve so far, and Blake Pearson's come in and done a magnificent job with this uh, lineup, and uh, a lot of new players have come into the side. If they play finals this year, that's a, a big tick. Even if they yeah. don't, I think they're in um, a, a good position going forward. Uh, just quickly, Premiership winner. I think a lot of us had Donval. Some of us had Wide Warrandite. Um, are we sticking with Donval, Josh? Are you? I'm, I'm definitely sticking on Donval. I'm I'm bullish on Ferntree Gully, but more bullish on Donval. I think they get the Premiership here. Spider. I think Donval. Actually. I've Something's just telling me they're playing well enough to get it done. I think this will be a very tight race. I think Furniture Gully, they're playing equally as good a football, if not fraction better currently. But uh, I think it, obviously it's only out of those two at the moment, you would think. Mm-hmm. But someone like Sylvan could uh, come from come yep. from nowhere and, uh, and pinch it just on the day, of course. Things can happen, as we know. But I'm going to stick with Don Vale. I think uh, they will win the Premiership. Uh, I think they've got the depth. I think they have really recruited well. I think their structures, I think they. I just think the spread of their team, the depth, I, I think that's as good as anyone's. And uh, they have, they're getting good consistency from so many players at the moment. I, I think Kevin Collins should be extremely uh, pleased with the way it's all uh, unfolded in the first half of the season. Yeah, I've got Don Vale as well. I, I think uh, Fentry Gully, you know, they've got some uh, new recruits uh, this season that have been playing well, but it might take a little bit of time to uh, find that cohesion that you need to have like a plan A and a plan B when it comes final t- uh, finals time. Don Vale might have a little bit more of that cohesiveness. They've played finals last year I, I just think that they'll have the uh, they'll have that experience to be able to do it I'm going the gully oh, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. they, they beat uh, Don Val early in the season and, and their recruits over the last two years have been um, some really strong players obviously Lockie Kennedy uh, uh, Luke McComber came in last season uh, he's quite key Flannery was, was good again um, last week with he's seven in great goals. form right now yeah, yeah. absolutely um, Braden Wright's come in and played 
predominantly ruck and that's given um, uh, probably New Life for DSO to play more forward and, and move the magnets around a bit more and I just think they're well positioned for a flag. I, I, Don Val is certainly going to be tough to beat but they've knocked him off once and when we see him in a couple of weeks' time we'll probably know a little bit more mm. um, heading into what should be an interesting final series there. And then finally, Division 4, just the seven sides in the division, of course. Surrey Park on top with six wins and a draw. Kilsyth in second with six wins, one loss and a draw. And then Scoresby and Forest Hill make up the fo uh, four with five wins each there. And then Churnside Park, Nutterwadding with two wins. And Croydon North Emlock yet to win a game here. I think the four's locked in. I, I, yeah. As much as Churnside Park has, has improved over the recent years, um... Injuries are a concern at the moment. They've got a definite percentage gap behind Forest Hill and Scoresby. So pretty much they have to win four games. They're pretty much got to make up four games. And I just don't see that happening when um, it's, they're not going to beat Surrey Park. Uh, they lost to Scoresby a couple of weeks ago by over 10 goals, I think. Yeah. So yep. I think they're too far behind. In terms of the top four, though, uh, what's your thoughts, Josh? Is it? I feel like this is Surrey's to lose. Yeah, I... Th and maybe that's harsh on Kilsyth who had a draw with him, but just on looking on a season form, I think Surrey Park have been building on this for a couple of years now, and yeah. I feel like it, it's got to be their year. It's yeah, be I, their th I think, and obviously I agree, I think it's got to be their year, but I, they're still missing players as well. That's the thing. Like, Matt Garvin, their club captain, hasn't even played a game. Lachlan Bacon is on the sidelines, and he, he had a great start to the season, and you know, they're, they're getting players back, obviously Ken and, and Woodfall on the sidelines, but temporarily. And, you know, I, I feel like it'll all come down to depth. And, you know, I think Scoresby and Kilsyth, they sort of have depth, but not as much as Surrey. They, Surrey, can, Surrey can call up players and, and they'll play their role. But I think Kilsyth, I'm still bullish on them just because maybe their loss against Forest Hill is the loss that they need. Like, obviously, they had the draw against uh, against Surrey, but I think it might be the loss that, that clicks them into gear, like, some, like you know, maybe a Heathmont in, in second division. And I, I think they definitely have the... I well, they've got, yeah, certainly, I'm not um, riding off Kielsoft because no. they've got capabilities to win this flag with the recruits they've done. They've brought in over the off-season. Um, their form in the first seven or, seven or eight weeks has just been phenomenal, um, uh, apart from last week, which was, which was um, uh, you know, a loss has is, is got to come soon. Um, so I think they're in a good spot as well, and, and they'll certainly look at this grand final as a big opportunity, Spider. Um, I just, more leaning towards Surrey Park, because they've been there now last year. They made that grand final. They ticked off a box winning a final, um, making a final too. Was that their first? Yeah, that was, mm -hmm. oh, I think it was their first final series in, since 2006. Yeah, so a, a long time coming. Ticked that off, won a final, made a grand final. The next box is oh. just ticking that flag one. Uh, are they there? Are they going to get their spider this year? Look, you, you, start, you, you just have to wonder whether they can, everything's going to fall in their favour. I, I think they've been playing some pretty good footy. It's whether they can beat uh, Surrey Park on the day. I mean, Surrey Park are clearly the, the best side in the competition currently. Um, Scoresby uh, are thereabouts. I think they're pretty level with uh, Kilsyth. Probably just 
have Kilsoth marginally ahead um, mm. for me at the moment. And and if it, but if a final was played, gee, in the next few weeks, uh, I don't think there'd be too much between the teams. I think Kilsoth look like they're probably going to go into the finals a second ranked team. I think I think they're, they're I think yeah, they're your second seed. Yeah, yeah. I Great. think the the latter pretty strongly reflects the the power rankings where I would have each team. There's not been too many upsets. I think the main upset this year. Um, you know, based on what we're looking at, based on hindsight, I suppose, as uh, Forest Hill beating Kilsyth. Correct. You know, each yeah. uh, each team uh, are entitled to have their off days. It's a long season. It's a marathon, not but a it, sprint. But in saying that, Jared, too, I think Forest Hill got to get a lot of credit because mm. we yeah. all wondered where Forest Hill were, were trekking as a, as a club. Yeah. And to be sitting where they are currently at this point in time, they'd be feeling pretty good about themselves right at this moment because, you know, we all had those question marks whether they had that capability of playing finals football and they're going to give themselves a chance and it only takes something to go right on that day and they have the confidence and they grow and you just never know. They might be someone that could yeah, cause yep. an upset, you know, particularly yep. in that first final. Yeah, and it's been it's been impressive uh, for Forest. They're, they're starting to get those uh, consistent performers uh Performing at a level that you know they, they should be, uh, you know you've got your Rudd, Howes, Hannah Grafts, Wilds uh, playing Wild, yeah, yeah, Brad Wild from Knox, he's uh, he's been excellent. Jake Rowe, uh, uh, already mentioned him, sorry, um, yeah, and uh, you know a um, recruit in O'Donoghue as well, uh, and that you know that could st- another goal kicker that yeah, could really six set last week. Yeah. really set them up for for the rest of the season and uh, you know provide you know maybe another couple of upsets down the line yeah and Naylor as well has been Naylor, playing yeah. been playing okay mm-hmm. yeah it, it certainly made the, oh, that win certainly opens this the the top four up a bit mm-hmm. as in i think it locks in the top four but it makes it a lot more interesting come september yeah. to see that three and four can certainly beat one and two mm-hmm. and and vice versa, and it, it will be an interesting to see how it all plays out. And obviously, tomorrow's a big game for Scoresby. If they get that win over yeah. Surrey Park, then it really um, Makes sets it up a big second half mm-hmm. of the year for mm-hmm. Division Four. But that's pretty much it for us. So we've we've <laughs> gone through all the the four divisions and and had a uh, look through um, a bit of a, a half mid-season review type style. Uh, boys, thank you for coming in. Jared and Josh will be there tomorrow for the Ball and Noble Park game. Yeah, looking forward to being down on the boundary as well at Ball and Park. Absolutely. And Spider, you're off tomorrow to the Western Bulldogs. I'll be going to the Hall of Fame uh, tomorrow night down at, uh, down at the centrepiece at uh, Melbourne Park. So looking forward ah, okay. to that. But be still enjoying a lot of local footy across the weekend. And I'll be definitely keeping an eye on all the, the scores and the results. And uh, looking forward to a big... Uh, yeah, some big games across the weekend, but also that second part of the season next week, and we start to get into that run to the finals, guys, and uh, that's where all our predictions will be on the line, and uh, everyone can uh, have a go at us at the end of the season. They're already having a go at us now, exactly. I reckon. But it's all, look, in, in the end of the day, it, it's all in good fun, and uh, fun, we yeah. all we all hope that uh, everyone gets something out of the uh, out of the program. And look, for, it's going to be a really exciting part. All the because I think the competition is so tight across the board. So everyone will enjoy their weekend off. And for those that are out and about, enjoy uh, sampling all the local footy, what it has to offer. And as we go into the second part of the season, it'll be uh, finals will be here as uh, soon as we know it. Absolutely. Summed it up very well. Thank you for tuning in. And if you're listening tomorrow, uh, 1.15pm on Radio Eastern 98.1 FM and Facebook and YouTube for Bowen versus Noble Park. Time and space and 
and uh, O'Regan probably just outside his distance, oh. although he's made a fool of me there. Beautiful kick. What a season he's had, Mark O'Regan. He puts through. Okay, bursting through. Burns off one, kicks around the corner. He's oh. the goal. Tobin Brothers, goal of the day, content.